customers. <laughs> Dude, everybody wants pixie sticks. Like, it's, yeah, like, it's like gum. Once somebody's eating a pixie stick, where'd you get that? I'll hook you up with my, my plug. <laughs> pixie God. stick plug. Hello, and this is episode uh, zero of Hot Button, uh, a podcast. Hell yeah. About all things weird that have happened in the world of games, each episode diving deep into a different topic from some point in video game history, from significant controversies to total business failures, and hopefully everything interesting in between. Oh, yeah. I'm Randall Beatrice, and I am here with Austin Blakesley and Yo. Chris Anantuano. Hey, what's up, fam? And today we're going to talk about 38 Studios, um, an IP company founded and run by former MLB baseball player Kurt Schilling, who famously pitched <laughs> for the Philadelphia Phillies, even helping to lead them to the 1993 World Series, as well as for the Arizona Drawbacks and Boston Red Sox, before retiring and attempting to jump headfirst into the thankless and competitive <laughs> world of video game development, yeah. which uh, later unfortunately ended uh, with the involvement of both the FBI and the SEC, the Securities uh, and Exchange Commission, but not yeah, before producing do. and releasing cult RPG favorite uh, Kingdoms of Amalar Reckoning, a game now bizarrely owned by the state of Rhode Island. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, and this is the full story. Hell um, yeah. So, apparently, from what I could find, um, it said that this all this idea for him to want to start a game company all began in December of 05. He was at a family gathering um, with uh, his wife's uncle. It was a dude named Bill Thomas, uh, a retired business executive. And he pitched this idea of starting a video game company to focus on building a brand new MMORPG. Uh, a genre which he enjoyed playing. Uh, he frequently played and enjoyed. He, he was apparently a big fan of WoW, and yeah, that's also what I wanted to chase that pretty much forever. Uh, yeah, yeah, and EverQuest Ever because WoW came out. I want to say about a year before, before that, he made this decision. Yeah, how old I is think, EverQuest exactly? Oh God, nineties. Really? Yeah, that one old? is. The two, first two one. came out. Yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah now two. that you're thinking, I, I picture like old school box art. It's like of, you know, this EverQuest online. Yeah, like it yeah. might as well be like a fantasy love novel. Yeah, like, <laughs> totally. Oh, that's it, that is kind of what it looks like. <laughs> I think like. EverQuest two came out around the same time as WoW. I think that was 03. Yeah, right. It was like they beat and, them just by and WoW beat the crap out of them. But <laughs> also, when we were first looking at this, when he was like, and I didn't know he was a former business executive. I picture him approaching his like wife's uncle. Like I pictured like like you know like. Vacation, like his <laughs> yeah. fucking uncle, like he's like, "Hey, I play video I games." And he's like yeah. backing out of his trailer, like I got a couple bucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, essentially, that's kind of how this went down. Um, fast forward to September of '06, um, just a little under a year later, and an official press release comes out, formally announcing the formation of a company called Green Monster Games, uh, and this was a team consisting of uh, Kurt. Uh, six of his friends, uh, <laughs> Uncle Tom, and m- most important, uh, Uncle Tom, uh, most importantly, uh, author R.A. Salvador, uh, who is best known for penning a bunch of fantasy novels like uh, a, a Demon Wars Saga and the Forgotten Realm stuff. And I've never read any of that. Even more interestingly, was the comic book creator and artist Todd McFarlane, who at the time like was like a big. Get yeah, he must have been huge in that time. Yeah, this is long after Spawn and well, he did Spider-Man, he do Batman and Spider Man. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, or Amazing Spider Man. Sorry, Spider-Man, and yeah. um, and he did a bunch of music videos and shit too, which I think he won an award for uh, the corn one. He I did think. a corn music I, video. I think he did. I think it was like Freak on a Leash, maybe. <laughs> um, but he uh, his his so he he was. Like his artwork helped shape a lot of famous char- character designs that we still oh, see. Oh, for today. sure. Like you were talking about Spider Man. Like I, I'm pretty sure he was responsible for the first real appearance of Venom. 
Really? Yeah, which is funny because now, like, that new movie is coming out, and even that's still, like, taken from his. And now he's hanging out with design. Kurt Schilling and his six yeah, friends. <laughs> well, not anymore, I don't think. I, there's, there is a quote out there that he mentions, like, his relationship with Kurt Which? Okay, this is point number one, mistake number one. <laughs> oh, already uh, a mistake. Here. Uh, it's sort of putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't hire a bunch of famous people and pay them a shit ton of money before you know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. This it's is like, definitely something rich people yeah. do. Yeah, this this is is exactly. rich people. Well, they were thrilled to get the... Yeah, well, yeah. Like, yeah R.A. Salvatore and Tom McFarlane probably saw fucking dollar signs and agreed oh, to be sure. on it. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you're, like, they're busy people, and they're yeah. not going to stay all the whole time. And ri- I'm sure their job was more like a producer. Well, here's the... Here's where the, lower like, people made exactly, a bunch of art. Yeah. And stories, and then they just came in one day every week, and we're just like, "Yeah, it looks good to me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Well, with the exception of of Kurt and Tommy, like none of these guys were completely strangers to games. So their their first CEO is a dude named Brett Close, who uh, he he worked on some stuff related to World of Warcraft. Then um, that's I'm pretty sure how he befriended uh, Kurt. And then their first... Because if you got money, you could just talk to anybody. Yeah, and so their first CTO was a dude named John Lab, and he came from from EA. He came from Electronic Arts, who later went on to actually publish Kings of Amalar. But, like... Um, I'm curious who these other six people are. I know, are I these don't the know. other six people? No, no these aren't. Because those <laughs> okay. were dudes that came in like shortly after. Like The only significant people from that original six were Ari Salvador and... Uh, Tom McFarlane. So there's obviously some members of his entourage in here. Like, yeah, like and I can only imagine. I, I just assume they're all frat boy jock. Like, <laughs> yeah. but like it's the Ari Salvador wrote. Um, he wrote the story for some Forgotten Realms video games. Uh, there's specifically one called Demon Stone, uh, which I think was nominated for like a BAFTA, and uh, I, I haven't played it. But he um, he contributed to games like EverQuest. He wrote um, like he wrote like bot dialogue for Quake Three, which I don't know how that's a job. I guess, but <laughs> voice acting was a big deal in games back then yeah, for sure. and Tom McFarlane they made he's he's pretty heavily credited on a few different releases um, mostly spawn games which weren't really great and then this this other game that was he was credit he was build number one on called um, McFarlane's Evil Prophecy do you ever play that no it he is put his an name awful in front of PS2 it? game like they did Tom yeah Clancy. it's called McF- uh, McFarlane and the artwork was fine I assume like what he did was fine it, it, but it was not great. Yeah, you're right. There's never been a Spawn game that's been good, probably. No. The Spawn's best that's appearance in video God games was in the, the Xbox version of Soul Calibur 2, which <laughs> is the worst version of that game because the GameCube one had Link in it, and I think the PS2 one had which dude from Tekken. This remember. is all, again, this is all rich people thinking yeah. <laughs> going on because it's like... <laughs> It's a smart idea to hire a famous artist and a famous writer to build all the lore behind your giant MMO. <laughs> yeah. But you need to pr- you need a proof of concept before you do this shit. <laughs> yeah. Right? And also like another rich people thing to do is like why don't I hire a CEO and a CTO and a COO <laughs> and then they'll hire all the important <laughs> yeah. people. And it's like... You don't need programmers. In, in it's th- almost like a baseball player yeah. is hiring somebody to build a game company <laughs> for him. In, in theory... Not a bad idea. But so here's the funny thing is like regardless that there was no real pitch yet for any one product, that company was in full force. Like they they leased a thirty thousand square foot uh, office in in Maynard, Massachusetts, and this was by the uh, historic clock tower. And shortly after this, 
the company changed their name from Green Monster Games to 38 Studios. He said that Green Monster Games wasn't about the Green Monster Wall at Boston. He's such a what liar. What a fucking liar. Like, did he, did he also say from? that 38 was not based on <laughs> his fucking I'm, number I'm, for, I'm, that he pitched for? I'm curious if... if because that was, was his if number, there was any MLB. legal shit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Green Monster is a trademarked name. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that does make well, sense. Well, this yeah. is appealing to game fans, so just to clarify, if you've never watched a game of sports ball in your life, <laughs> the Green Monster is a... Because in baseball, you can just have any shape stadium you want because fuck rules. You They built a giant wall on the side of the field in Boston Stadium, and it's called the Green Monster. He played there for years. <laughs> There's no way he didn't, like... Yeah, no, yeah. No, it's coincidence. Well, that's no, a, I'm talking so, about another green monster. <laughs> did he... Um, 38, was was that the number he played for under the Red Sox or the Phillies? All of them. Sure. Oh, all for of all of them? Yeah, okay, so that was... I believe... I don't know a lot about baseball. Do you get to keep your yes. number? Yeah. Really? If, if, you're, you're, good enough. if you're important enough, mm-hmm. you part of your trade thing is like, I'm wearing the same number. Yeah. And then everybody's like, Fine. Which he was, he was. He was a, yeah. he's a good pitcher. Yeah, so. yeah. That's, that, is, that is what I hear. Yeah. Um... Now, a studio this size also meant that he had to obviously have an increase in the staff from this original six. Yeah. Um, yeah, not just uh, Jeff, not just Tom, fucking, uh, yeah. Enos, um, <laughs> Gilbert, whoever the fuck these is aren't, they, they, yeah. <laughs> These aren't Boston names at all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Donnie. In 2008, uh, uh, Travis McGethy joined the team, and he was a former lead designer for uh, Sony Online Entertainment's EverQuest, which is, like you guys said earlier, another game that he was like... He yeah, wanted really to chase, into. like he yeah. had. Yeah. Um, but they were super dedicated to this MMO goal at the time. That was Which, that's all he wanted. Of course, who wouldn't be? You know? Yeah. That, two things. Number one, Massachusetts, great place for games, and that'll come up later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, forming a studio, uh, he formed a I'm studio in there. Boston because he fucking lives in Boston. Yeah, he has exactly. a mansion I, in is Boston. That, I assume that's where he's from. Like, I'm not sure Double, if he's from no. Boston, but no, he definitely, well, I think I guess that's he where he was playing the at the time. Yeah. His, he was most famous for being on the Red Sox, I believe. Okay. And he has a mansion in Boston. So yeah, he was like, course. I don't want a long commute. So he formed a studio in Boston. There's a yeah. lot of good studios in Boston, yeah. as we know. Yes. I can't see where um, he's from, but he definitely, he was. He played in Arizona for high school. I don't know, he played for the Orioles like way, way, way back, too. Yeah. So oh, we geez, have a nice little uh, hateful memory of him as well. So. <laughs> but, but they... Um, um, other thing... Hiring Travis McGethy, yeah, another good move on his part, because when you hire people, theoretically, when you hire people for a game studio, uh-huh. if you hire the lead at somewhere like Sony Online Entertainment who made EverQuest, yeah, he can theoretically, if he was a good boss, yeah, he can theoretically <laughs> bring a bunch of people with him. We bring people with him, exactly. Yeah. Right, he, yeah. Oh, I know people that I worked with on EverQuest that I can bring. So, along with uh, other yeah. than the other thing of like, let me hire some random CEOs and CTOs first, like hiring. A lead designer with some talent behind him, some yeah. proof, will will inevitably bring people with him. Yeah. Now I assume like he's like going around acting like being like I got this guy and I got this guy and I got this well, guy. That, yeah, that's, that's the whole yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it was him or do you think it was one of his entourage? Like he shifted it to yeah. Donnie. Like, hey Donnie, call some well, uh, CTOs. <laughs> well, that's what you mentioned. Hey, my six boss people. is trying to uh, start like, a game company. I get down here. <laughs> I can't for the life of me. I I don't know what any of those dudes did. Like, as far as they know, they were just, like, yes-men that followed him around. I'm like... Yeah, for sure. What's better than, like, six other dudes to stand behind you and just be like, yeah, let's fucking make a game company, guy. (laughs) No, so that's a crazy thing. I found that information out later is that, like, that's how quickly this came to be. He told them... He told his friends of his over, like, fucking, like, Skype that he's like, I'm going to start a game company. 
Like, <laughs> like, like that, like there was no other real like research into that other than like, he's like, I like games. I can do this. Yeah. I have money. This is what it must be like to have yeah, money. Yeah, I know. Right. And, um, but this is where it gets really weird because a year later, uh, 38 studios acquired big, huge games. Well, how did he become 38? Did he just, what, he just changed it? So, the, yeah. yeah, they changed the name from Green Monster Games to 38 Studios. Obviously, uh, because he named it after the wall. When they opened, <laughs> yeah, when they opened their first studio. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You probably got a cease and desist yeah, from I'm sure. fucking Fenway Park. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, Big Huge Games, uh, they've been around developing since, like, 2000. So, like... Like mostly strategy games, but they managed to uh, find quite the audience in that niche. Uh, they made like the Rise of Nations stuff, and I think they they worked on an Age of Empires three expansion. But they, actually, the only game that I'm familiar with that they made was they made an XBLA version of uh, Settlers of Catan, which yeah, okay, it, it was okay, actually yeah. pretty decent. And you can't download it anymore. And I don't know if that's like how long they own the license for or whatever. But yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, a little board game business for you. Yeah, Catan recently got bought. Oh really? really? Who? I wonder if that uh, got taken. Asmodi Games. Who who, who owned it originally? Which is them? Like they were just. Yeah, I forget. People? I think Carcassonne got Wayfair. Some point too. Mm. What's not? Nah, that's another company. Something fair. Yeah. But the the uh, so these Rise of Nations games um like scored pretty well in like Metacritic and stuff like that. But again, these were like legitimate dudes making legitimate games at the studio now. Like like when they acquired like I assume they acquired this team because they needed actual programmers engineers who like know what they're doing. But at this point, their studio was like getting like significant get after significant get. So at this point, they had a dude named uh, Ken Ralston who was a he worked really heavily on the design of Morrowind and Oblivion. So it was okay. like, it was this just another guy coming in? Yeah, and this was another guy coming in when they uh, like I don't know if he did work uh, previously he, with Big Huge. He or? no, he worked. He was a. He was hired by Big Huge to work on a then untitled RPG. Okay, and because he was big talent. Now, did Grant Kirkhope come gotcha, from there as gotcha, well? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No, Grant Kirkhope came in later. Came well, he came in separate because he never worked with Bethesda. Yeah, okay. But he was like the these are people Big Huge picked up big to make it. Yeah. Case. So I don't know if you know Grant Kirkhope, but like he's. Could you imagine being this guy though? First of all, like you're just getting hired by some big huge games company. I've no idea that they were hired by some company owned by some fucking idiot. Yeah, who decided exactly. to make a game with six well, of his friends. At the time. At the time when uh, uh what's this Ken Ralston was that his name Yeah Ken Ralston uh he was hired before Big Huge was acquired by 38 Okay okay so he was hired when THQ was publishing this then unannounced oh, wow. unnamed oh. RPG Yeah okay. well that was the, that was the, so THQ also plays a weirdly big role in this so like mm -hmm. So Grant Kirkhope was the other dude who came in, he, and he was going to be an uh, audio director for them. Okay. And he composed a bunch of, like, some of the most memorable game scores. Like, he worked with Nintendo for a long time, okay. and he composed uh, Banjo, the Banjo-Kazooie games, nice. Donkey Kong Country stuff. He did, uh, like, um, well, the later Donkey Kong Countries, I guess, the more recent ones. But he did. He also composed uh, Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. And Perfect Dark, great those soundtrack. Those scores are fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But could you imagine Kings of Amalur with the Donkey Kong Country soundtrack? <laughs> so, like, this was a pretty dope team. And, and this, because yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure Grant Kuko is not only a composer, but he's, like, also, like, a, a sound engineer. Yeah. Yes. So, like, at, at, like, so the, so here's the weird thing. Um, like, Big Huge Games at the time, you mentioned THQ, like, they were on the verge of closure by them already. THQ like, was? No, well, THQ was facing their own economic troubles, yeah, but they owned, there. yeah, and that's a whole separate thing. We, you talk yeah, about the they, U-Draw They owned Big Huge they Games. They owned Big Huge, okay. yeah. Who was making 
<coughs> I was making a big RPG, and when you are a company that is struggling, and you are making a bunch of kids' games that cost like $10 to make, mm-hmm. and one game for adults that cost $100 million <laughs> to make, yeah. the first thing that you cut <laughs> is the one for adults. All your movie tie-ins in between releases of Saints Row. and yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so th- THQ was... was uh, <laughs> About ready to cut yes. this project. Which is funny. They only owned big, huge games for about a year. Okay. Like, and and I don't know if they released anything under their banner. I don't think they did. Um, but at this point, like, uh, they said that big, huge games would be shut down unless an outside buyer would, like, be interested in them in <sighs> 60 days. Really? Yeah. Like, that's how, yeah. And, and here's the funny thing. It's like a less than a month later, 38 Studios like came into the rescue. Like it's like they, that which is the, like, so it's like at this point, like everything seems like it's in like such good faith. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, the game company's going out of business. Yeah. Let's scoop like, these guys ta- up. Like scoop them up. And they're like, they're good dudes. Yeah. And, meanwhile, yeah. Kurt Schilling's <laughs> like, it's like the minor leagues, you know, we go in and scoop <laughs> up a couple guys and maybe they'll pan out. And everybody's like. No, we're talking about video games. <laughs> I assume that's he only spoke in those metaphors. He, like so when when they acquired them, they kept 70 of the 120 people or so that was working under them, which is like kind of uncommon if you like buy out a studio, like they tried their best to keep everybody that they could. That's pretty cool. And I I'm 100% sure though that they probably did this just because they didn't have the staff yet. They yeah. were like, we need to keep as many of these people as possible because we need a staff. Yeah. Like at this point, it's just a bunch of rich fucking idiots and exactly. and, and Donnie yeah. so, from yeah. down the at street. This point, you know what I mean? Smart move again because they're just spending money. But <laughs> they could have acquired Big Huge and turned what would later become Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning into their MMO. Yeah. But instead, they just decided to let them put out their game as like a prequel. Yeah. But like theoretically, it's a good move to snap up an entire company because then you don't have to hire a staff. You don't have to have the know-how to find a lead programmer That's and a true. lead art director and all that shit. You just yeah. you're just like you're now you're working on my game now. Get to it. You know? <laughs> um, they also replaced their uh, their old CEO, that uh, Brett Close guy, with uh, a chick named uh, Jen McLean. And she was the former SVP uh, of business development at the time. Of so I what, a big huge. No, of of thirty eight. Oh, like okay, like okay, so okay. she like they like she was. Oh, working. so they got rid of big huge to CEO. I and, you know I yeah. don't know. No, okay. um, no, they got rid of their own CEO. They got oh, okay, they got okay, rid of their okay, own okay, CEO, okay. but I I don't know where the CEO of big huge went. Yeah, he probably point. talked some shit on Boston or something. They were like, get the fuck <laughs> you know, out of here. Baked beans and Dunkin' Donuts not that great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then that, all the, the yeah, relationships are all Get the fuck out! <laughs> um, so here's what gets really interesting. This is the weird. So this is this is now in July of 2010. Uh, so they've had like a couple years to like you know, like try and figure out what the hell they're. Yeah, what were they doing, really doing for years? Twiddling their thumbs and like building assets, I guess. Like, cause, like I don't. I assume like MMO development is like such a long. Like they're just building outlines yeah, and yeah, like yeah, talking yeah, to yeah. investors, but like. At this point... Yeah, some guy comes up like, hey, I built a monster. And then yeah. <laughs> we'll the entourage guy, Donnie's like, why doesn't he have a baseball bat? I thought this was... He's like, no, get out of here. <laughs> I, like, so the, um, the Rhode Island Economics Development Corporation, is a mouthful, they were a board of, of like 13 members. And all these dudes were like super high. Again, like we're talking... You, like, you mentioned like rich people drama. This is like... It's amazing. Like 
the one of the the dudes on this board was the chairman and former CEO of Hasbro Toys, and then they had the vice chairman of um, Gilbane Real Estate, which is like one of the biggest like real estate uh, at the time in the country. If you've never heard of it. It's there's something sketchy. There's like, something sketchy like, about like, it. There's uh, all sorts of uh, oil companies and all sorts of weird whole well, things that you've never you heard of. Have you have, uh, have you heard of Vibeco? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> they, uh, they, I have. They, <laughs> uh, they're apparently one of the country's main manufacturers of industrial vibrators, and they are also on the board. <laughs> What's earned, an industrial vibrator? I don't know. That <laughs> is, is, it right? like, yeah. is that like a commercial vibrator? That, that, so that was from the the New York Yeah, you can only buy this from like an industrial yeah. warehouse. Like. Yeah. <laughs> He's on for the regular people. It's, all, it's only for business use. You, yeah, you need a license for <laughs> business it. Business vibrator. <laughs> um, now, they approved a 70... Actually, I hear like, now Elon Musk is building a giant vibrator to dig a hole in the ground. Maybe he, he's interested Isn't in that like the thing from Austin Powers? It's like the big drill dick thing. Um, but they... So, they got approved a $75 million loan, which I think was the biggest at the time uh, in that state. I so don't know for a fact. You're telling me like, a bunch of <laughs> bored rich people yeah. were just like, hmm, what to spend money on next? <laughs> it, I assume they all look like the Monopoly guy. But they, <laughs> so they, this was in, this was to guarantee that 38 Studios in exchange would bring at least 450 jobs to, by the end of 2012. Which, even for an MMO, a lot of fucking people. That is a lot of people. That's a yeah, big team. I thought team. that too when I was reading this. That's so a like, big team. 450 like, is a lot of like fucking in, people. In, yeah. When was this? 2010, you said? This was... Uh, th- th- 2010. So they, this was 2010, and they wanted to have at least 450 jobs by the end of 2012. So what company has 450 talking? employees even nowadays? That's I a mean, game company. Like... There for, are for games, sure Ubisoft. Yeah, there yeah, are, pro- sure there are probably like thousands of them. Yeah, there are yeah. probably like twenty five hundred though. Like that's yeah. The, yeah. There are probably well, twenty five hundred people yeah, that have this their kind of leads into the fact that they wanted to be something fucking oh yeah. Huge. So that's the yeah, funny thing. I mean, like, and I'll get to that because this yeah. dude was talking so much shit. It's like amazing. Um, so Rhode Island at the time was apparently on the precipice of like economic ruin and I didn't know this until I, I like dove deep into it but like they had employment rates as high as like 12% which yes, were like I fourth worst in the nation which was, is crazy because that state's not that big yes, but, Rhode Island's small <laughs> have you ever been to Rhode Island? yeah I've been to Rhode Island once it's all like you little islands and people's on boats yeah, people on boats, I, like, I've dri- we've dri- we drive through it uh, to go to like Boston and stuff like so that. So what's the industry in Rhode Island? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How do you become this unemployed? Like, so not, a, video games. not video <laughs> games. Not video yeah. games. So yeah. this was a risky move that would the fish are all drying up. I don't know what Rhode Island is. <laughs> <says. laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all clams, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like a more bored Boston. Area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. well, we're running out of clams. So I guess, uh, I guess we gotta fire some people. <laughs> so th- no, this is where it gets hilarious. So I- I'm gonna butcher this name, but like, uh, so Kurt uh, had a meeting with the then governor at the time, and his name Don Casieri. Uh, Carcieri. Carcieri. That seems right. There's no um, way he's not a New York mobster. And this was uh-huh. yeah, yeah. well. Uh-huh. Th- that's funny because this all this is going to read like that. It, so he, <laughs> like, he met up with him about investing in his video game company, a business minor that he did not understand literally at all. <laughs> like, I wish I could find those quotes, but it was it was it's a it's like hearing your dad talk about video games. He's like. Oh, you like Kurt Stilley comes to him like, yeah, but I got an idea for a video game company. He's like, yeah, well, it's like the bongs and stuff. <laughs> All right, yeah, you know, like two things moving, bouncing a ball. I know it. Yeah, I know what the game. So was. you're not that far off, but like they sold like so he was like this sounded like a really muni- like like mutually beneficial scheme to him because yeah. like um, 
I think like I don't I, I don't know if this was at all tied to like any re-election stuff, but he was basically like. If it involves a governor, of course it does. Yeah, and but he's <laughs> promising that this dude's going to make a lot of money and that he's going to get a bunch of jobs. Like, for, yeah, yeah, which seems like the easiest yeah, way I don't to know convince how many pe- governor to do anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many people it takes to make one block hit a ball into another block, but if you say you need four hundred fifty <laughs> and seventy-five million dollars, go ahead. <laughs> so in like, I think the deal actually got like went through in November that year, and this is in two thousand twelve, and. 38 Studios announced the closure of um, uh, of that $75 million finan- uh, financing package in conjunction with the EDC on the account of the relocation of their whole studio to pick up and move it from the Maynard Studio in Boston to One Empire Plaza in Providence, Rhode Island, okay. which was just a couple blocks away from the Capitol. Okay, so yeah. they had to move the whole... They had to dig up the whole studio from Boston... Say goodbye to beans. Push it all Say over Rhode Island. Beans. Get a bunch of clamps. Yeah, uh, no, no, sorry. Say, right, so this too was, much I think this, change this was, in the, the this chowder. This deal was more... Uh, this was in 2010. Because by the last... By the first quarter of 2011, that was supposed to be when this whole move was completed. Yeah. And... Which is, like, actually not a lot of time. No, yeah, to 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 move. Yeah, what? Um, some. What did you say? They kept seventy some odd employees. I'm assuming they moved. They were in Boston at the time, or either uh, around the country, or something like that. Now, like Big Huge isn't. Uh, like they didn't have to relocate. So this was like just 38. But at this point, they hired 160 new employees, and they made it super enticing to get new people to join that company. Like they literally, like they assumed responsibility for the mortgages on like dozens of these people's homes really? until they could be sold. Like that that incentive. Really? Like what, what, is some companies like, that don't do that. Yeah. Apple. Every, yeah. Google. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, go down the list. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. No. Holy shit. That's that's impressive. I mean. Oh yeah. And so people were flocking like people wanted to be a part you? of that Why company you? yeah hey, like, that's yo, a great deal it's home. a great come to deal. rhode island all you gotta do is scrape the barnacles off your pier every <laughs> once in a while and it's a beautiful place to live like yeah. why would you not go <laughs> yeah it's it's it was it was like a done deal and by april like they like it seems like things were going in the right direction for like the job creation and relocation milestones um all while like convinced that a bunch of other like local politicians that he was going to build this fucking empire like this microsoft like tech behemoth of a company cuz he would he was going around in interviews oh at the time God. saying he wanted he was he, that they were going to get bill gates rich I like know, quote which is, unquote which is like, so it's, good it's, so, it's brilliant like because i'm thinking of it like this like the more t- it kind of just finally clicks to me like people the idea that they're then. just like there's definitely like these 12 rich people like this hasbro guy and these fucking yeah. vibrator <laughs> dude and the fucking mayor and they're all sitting around like yeah have you heard of uh, technology <laughs> so basically they come here they, there's the californias and the east coast so and they, is, they build these huge empires. They have no idea that, like, there's nothing to do with, like, technological no, advances. They're yeah. making a fucking MMO. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but, like, at this point, like, WoW was, like, huge. And, like, and that was something, like, like he was pretty much going yeah, around wow telling people to make. Yeah, Microsoft huge? No, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, like, nothing was. So it's funny. He, like, let it be known here at this point that, like, nobody was trying to swindle anyone. No, it was, I don't think it was so. I just think they were this, all stupid. They were stupid. It was just this overconfidence. And they like really believed in it. 
Dude, like, it's unbelievable. It, the cockiness is, like, insane. Just the idea that, like, they think that there's some Apple or Microsoft-level corporation where they're just making a video game. It's like, I picture, like, the mayor coming in and be like, all right, let's see what we're working on. And it's just like, there's just, like, a 3D image of, like, a guy <laughs> with a sword, like, walking on a fucking platform. And then he's like, yeah, okay, well, where's the cell phone? You guys make cell phones, well, how right? do you convince old people that video game development is where you, 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 all you do is, like, name drop the companies that they do know? Yes, yeah. Like, you exactly. say we're going to chase Microsoft money and Apple money because they've heard of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know Bill Gates. I know Bill Gates. Yeah, because so. like he wasn't going around saying, we're going to make Blizzard money. Yeah, they, like, fucking don't know. So. Yeah, exactly. I don't get it. You lose money in a Blizzard. What do you mean? A <laughs> uh, couple points to make here. Yeah. Okay. Number one, uh, $75 million loan to a bunch of rich people Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds like that's not chump change. That much money when you're in the vibrator slash uh, real estate <laughs> business. Yeah. Um, but to people who don't know anything about video games, seventy-five million dollar loan, not enough to make an MMO. An MMO. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you consider the fact that a most most studios that built MMOs yeah. had an office, <laughs> and we're not paying the mortgages for their employees. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to play a little game. All right. I have a list here of the most expensive MMOs ever developed. Holy shit. Uh, and we're going to go around the table. Everybody give me their best guess for the most expensive MMO <laughs> ever developed. Most expensive? Uh, uh, I don't know many MMOs. I don't... Uh, there were a lot. Waste my time. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, be, uh, is Destiny technically count as an MMO? Destiny is up there. Okay. It's got to be up it's there. It's not number one. No. Okay. So I, I was going to guess Final Fantasy fourteen just because they relaunched that whole Yo, thing. True, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know if, like how much that cost. And that took forever. Still yeah. not up there. Still oh, not really? number one. Okay, so let's, wait. Let's, well, let's go well, through we were, this. We were talking about Guild Wars 2. Pure early. development, though, right? Not yeah, like, we're talking pure development. Obviously, WoW Destiny, has a lot of server costs. Destiny is one of the most expensive M- games ever developed. Yeah, yeah period. With an yeah. estimated budget of about $500 million. Jesus but Christ. That, includes, that was a lot of marketing. That includes marketing. Yeah. Okay. So to give you some insight... Which, um, just Desti- so you know, Destiny 2 is 80% marketing, 20% yes. gameplay. <laughs> uh, watch Destiny 1, not far behind. The, uh, the estimated development budget of Destiny is $140 million. Okay. Yeah. So $360 million of in, that game's $500 million budget was That's marketing. more than... Yeah, more than 75 that's absurd. Yeah. Uh, so that and that is. <laughs> they made an event to give you an ex, to give you a little example. Destiny's number three on this list. Destiny's number three. So who's above that? So we're and and Final Fantasy Final plus. Fantasy 14. fourteen is number four, with a development cost of sixty five million for the first round <laughs> and another okay. sixty five million for a Realm Reborn. Jeez. So a did total they, of one hundred. Did they ever million. make a Leisure Suit Larry MMO? No. <laughs> okay. I imagine that would be up there. <laughs> Uh okay, so it's a tie for okay. the most expensive right. MMO ever developed. Wait, who's number two first? Uh, well, the okay, okay, I got you, got you, got you. With the tie, okay. Destiny is number two. Okay, okay, okay. at one hundred forty million. Number one is a two-way a two-way tie between for two hundred million between the Old Republic. Oh shit! Oh I yeah, about Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. Wow, really? The, okay. old, the Old There's Republic. There's so much in ESO. The I Old guess, Republic right. is reported. I knew about the Old Republic. Is though. reported at 200 million. Elder Scrolls is estimated at 200 million. So okay. technically, they don't have to disclose all that. Yeah, technically, which means uh, they spent more. 
The old, yeah. probably. The, old, the old Republic is yeah. the highest reported MMO yeah. budget of all when time. When they showed Old Republic at E3 and stuff, that game Do you remember production the trailer value. of the two, like, it's like yeah. the Sith Lords and the people, like, Too bad the game is clashing. not that at all. No, it's something like, like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's too right. garbage. Some, some, some other examples. Um, we have... Uh, this is all above a $75 million budget. Yeah, we're uh, talking... Some of them. Yeah, Firefall... Which you probably haven't heard of. No, I not, have, but I have, it but failed pretty bad. Uh, 100 million. That's coming from me. I played Star Wars Galaxies and The Matrix Online. Tabula, <laughs> Tabula Rasa. Uh, oh, I've heard of that. What is 100 that million. It was, it Nobody was knows just, about that. It was, designed, it was designed by Richard Garriott, okay. the guy that designed Ultima Online. It was like okay. his big branch into like 3D MMOs. Where's Warframe on here? Are they somewhere? Uh, Warframe is not technically an MMO. Oh. I don't oh, think. Okay. There was a canceled, never released Halo MMO with an estimated budget of about 90 million. Wow. It was developed by Ensemble Studios, yeah, owned awesome. by Microsoft. I didn't know they got that far. So Microsoft couldn't even make an MMO for 75 million. The even company that he claimed yeah, the even though they're Bill Gates rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Defiance, that sci-fi show MMO yeah, they made. Yeah, yeah. That was 80 million. Mm. Uh, we have Rift, which was estimated at 70 million. Rift. Then we have World of Warcraft. Which wow, is that's slow on the 65 list. million. Dude, they a game Warcraft. that's still being supported. Dude, they yeah. nailed it. Blizzard might be the greatest game company on earth as far the, as there are like, some like, no what the goes. fuck they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they really do. Titan, which eventually became, became Overwatch, Overwatch yeah. uh, is estimated to have cost somewhere between 50 to 70 million before it was canceled and turned into Overwatch. Mm. Well, at least we know that they made that back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, exactly. Overwatch returned. Yeah. Another, <laughs> another, one, another one that's still going, DC Universe Online. Uh, is that still fi- going? 50 million budget. Yeah, that's news to me. 50 million. So yeah. they want to make Microsoft money off of an MMO that's going to cost... Only twenty five million more well, than, so, <laughs> than that. <game>. Yeah. <laughs> so theoretically, seventy five million from an MMO is possible if you budget well, which we will learn soon. <laughs> that they, did not, they did not know how to do yeah. that. Um, yeah, why not? When you're but, paying Donnie eighty million dollars in beans on his monthly fucking budget, when, like, but when you let artists create <laughs> without any business intervention, uh. Which we will also learn. Bad yeah. idea. Um, they tend to get a little exorbitant. <laughs> uh, that's kind of what happened with Elder Scrolls and, and Star Wars. They're just like, we have this, the we're making a Skyrim MMO. Do whatever the fuck you want. Spend yeah. as much money as possible because we're going to be rolling in it. Yeah, exactly. And then the same thing happened. They're like, we have the Star Wars license. Do whatever the fuck you want. And then it cost $250 million. Which apparently they both <laughs> Wait made, a second. Don't do everything yeah. you want. <laughs> they both made their money back. Uh, apparently, I think it, I think but to- well, I mean, Old Republic went free to play. Yeah, and so I but think, it apparently it, I think rolls it, in about a hundred million a year. Yeah, there's, really? There's microtransactions, and I think it actually. My buddy uh, actually started playing it later in its life cycle, Man. and he said it was pretty good. Like apparently, they've like, done, like, a right. they've I, done a lot. I mean, they've like, done a lot that's the thing about games. MMOs. Like, you can turn them around. They've done a lot to both of those games. Okay. Uh, yeah, they were not, they were not good launches, guy. but there are people that play. Uh, them. Like Elder Scrolls. Similar to Final Fantasy, had like relaunches, not as dramatic, but like when they ported those over to Xbox One and PS4, they like okay. apparently did po- a lot of shit. Point number two, Rhode Island, not a great place to develop games. What? Uh, that? We, <laughs> uh, this is not an uncommon practice. Um, there are a lot of cities that offer arts grants. Uh, you'll see a lot of 
movies that take place in New York City, quote unquote, yeah. are actually filmed in places like Toronto and Vancouver. There yeah. are a lot of video game studios in Montreal. Yes. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of video game studios in Texas. There are obviously a lot of video game studios in California. A lot of states and provinces, mm-hmm. in Canadian terms, uh, have arts grants. Yeah. So they will they will help fund studios with the intention of those studios getting big and then eventually people come in and form smaller studios, poach talent from the big studios. Like in the example of Montreal, Ubisoft moved to Montreal. Ubisoft obviously got real big. Yeah. Yeah. Then you had people like WB, WB and Eidos, later Square Enix, moved to Montreal. They pushed a lot of talent. Now you have a bunch of indie studios setting up in Montreal. Because there are there, it's not. It's a great way for a city to increase it increases population, increase the money that's coming into the studio. Now, is yeah, that what is that what they were trying to do? Was to make Rhode Island a yes, tech? But uh, yeah, and why wouldn't you think that when you got fucking some baseball player <laughs> and saying we're gonna have the new Microsoft here in Mon- in fucking Rhode Island? Well, the you know thing what is mean? like I from what I researched, like I don't even know if he played other games. Like it sounded like he was just a big fan of MMOs. Like you know, like I don't actually know, like. Well, the other thing is that, like, a lot of the cities that I named, um, the way they do it is you don't assume liability when the studio fails. You don't give them a loan. You give them tax breaks. You give them tax breaks. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. That's how a which ton is, of companies do business. What, which yeah. is like Austin, uh, for example. Big big game town now. That's where it was formed. Yeah. And it was formed there because of tax breaks. Yeah, North Carolina... Starting to get a pretty big video game presence. Epic was formed there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Epic, now huge, obviously. Mm-hmm. Fortnite. Fort, yeah. Uh, I'm and sorry, what gears have heard of this? <laughs> tournament. Uh, Fortnite? Like yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me tell you about Fortnite. No, um, Is that like Roblox? Is that a Roblox mod? I think it's yeah, real, it's, yeah. It's yeah. like Minecraft. It's like, okay, yeah. yeah. It's for kids. It's okay, gotcha. But these are all founded on tax breaks. You get, you don't, you're not... The state is not supposed to be the rich person that's gambling all their money. No, they're <laughs> supposed. This to, is why I think it's some like mobster-esque mobster, mob, like a fucking governor. That's like they're supposed to entice yeah. rich idiots to spend, to their, spend their money, money there, yeah. and then you just get a bunch of people to move there. And then if the game company fails, you're like, now I have a thousand more people living I'm in my state you, that need jobs. The mayor of Rhode Island got drunk on some whiskey one night and watched like six Boston baseball games and was like, hey, good, that's a pitcher, good chilling. And then like all of a sudden he calls them looking for things. He's like, hey, I know you're from television. Let's here's fucking the crazy thing in. is like, you're not crazy far off. Like apparently like uh, that governor that he met up with was a fan of baseball. Like that's why yeah, exactly. that meeting there came to me. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like, he wasn't a fan of fucking video games. Like, yeah. you know, like it's like, so here's, here's the crazy thing. So, during this time, they like they were trying to build this MMO, right? Okay. That was not like you know the name was not revealed as like what it was. Yeah. But development actually split uh, into two games, and the first was the game. Hey, of my- if you can't make one game for seventy five million dollars. <laughs> First thing you should make do, do, make do. So you mentioned <laughs> that Kingdoms of Amalur game being like kind of like a prequel. It sort of was. So like Kingdoms of Amalur, once like development went full force on that, like they, it was all like that game was always meant to have the scope of a single player hack and slash like action RPG. That's interesting because it has such an MMO feel. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like by this point, it did, but that wasn't the initial idea. Like. What happened was, uh, 
so this other game, and so Kings of Amor was published by EA, but what's funny is that the game that was initially pitched to them was a game called Copernicus. To, to EA. Yes. Okay. And that was the MMO. And that was, the, so this game was supposed to have that, was supposed to have that budget of 75 to 100 mil. Yeah. And this was to exist in the same universe uh, as Kingdoms of Amalur. This was aligning much more with his original mission to, like, you know, of, to, to chase EverQuest in World of Warcraft. Like, so Copernicus never actually saw the light of day, obviously, despite the fact that that was the game being pitched to EA first. Like, and, and EA was like, whoa, like, it's like, we didn't, like, you're a startup, we don't want to publish this huge thing like yeah. they came back with one Kingdoms thing of EA Amalur. trying to do is to yeah. not spend money and make a lot of it so <laughs> yeah. there is it's right very away. true so like the game like was in full production at the um at that uh providence studio when the company would later declare bankruptcy but like we'll get back to that because the the game devs here like were hard at work of both of these projects. Like what yeah. like King of Amalur was was meant to support this much bigger thing. Yeah. Um which yeah. Kingdoms of Amalur, to be fair, the reason Kingdoms of Amalur came out was because Kingdoms of Amalur was what I was saying that the other game should have been, which is yeah. when Big Huge bought when Big Huge was bought by thirty eight. THQ had already put a bunch of money into this game. This game had a proof of concept. Yeah, yeah there's this no way it had, didn't already have assets yeah, already assigned to it. This game had you know? assets. Yeah. yeah. All they did was took a game that already existed and Built shoved a new game their out name of it. into it. Really? That's interesting because yeah. I, didn't, so, I didn't even know that. They were yeah, just I like, assumed they built it from scratch I'm based sure, in this world, but no, you're saying... Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Kurt Schilling saw this and was like, this looks like a game that I wanted to make. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, hey... Buddy Todd McFarlane, why don't you and Ari Salvatore, why don't you go in there, shuffle some things around, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> try to mess up the art as much yeah, as you can. Hit a couple foul balls, you know, and fucking change it up. Hit a couple pop flies. EA, you know? EA also didn't want to publish a PC exclusive game at this point. Like, it, like PC gaming isn't what it is today. They wanted a console game. Like, yeah. they're like, yo, you need to scale this thing back so it can come out on 360 and PS3, the consoles that people actually play games on. Yeah. And well, because consoles are a huge thing for totally, you know, general yeah. population. Exactly. They're way way yeah. more accessible than computers. Which, so. like, another, another interesting point here is that <clears throat> when, okay, when was this meeting with EA? Do you know? Uh, it would have had to have been after 2012, right? It would, yeah. I mean, so EA uh, had an MMO because the Old Republic came out in 2011. Wow, is that game that old? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe even... So maybe they didn't want to support and two And they also spent a billion dollars to acquire Bioware yeah, yeah. Yeah. in order to make the Old Republic. Yeah. So maybe so, they were kind of like, I'm not interested in doing that shit again. That probably played you know a mean? huge role. Yeah. Sure. Like, I don't think... I don't think uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I don't think uh, the Old Republic came out swinging. No, no, like you know, like so, like they were probably pretty spooked at that point. I they, de they definitely, yeah. and that's Star Wars, made yeah. like let alone back. a whole new property. They yeah. definitely made their money back, but that, that was took a time, very though. slow burn. I think a lot of MMOs kind of are. Yeah, that game cost a lot of money up front, and it took a long time. So here's the yeah. crazy thing: like they were developing both of these games, and they never got checkups by investors. Like according to this insane. New York Times like expose. Like, not a single report was ever filed to look to, like, how much money was being 
spend. But they were going through several million dollars a month, and they never had like any advisors I come mean, in Don and check the financial health of once the company. A week, so you know, you gotta okay. So <laughs> like to, to insert here, yeah, bad idea. Bullet point again: artists love them, creative people, great people. Mm-hmm. Not they need way. to be reined in a little bit. <laughs> And to, to play, you're telling to me play Peter Molly Montague was <laughs> to play the part of the business guy. Uh, you know, we get a, we hear a lot of stories about game studios that just all of a sudden shut down, and everybody on the internet freaks out. But it's like the reason that EA, like Chris said, is so good at spending so little money and making so much money yeah. is because they're fucking ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in in video game uh-huh. development, they have what's called milestones. Okay. Um, like Destiny. So no, not like that. <laughs> Except you're rewarded for your time and effort. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll say like this game starts and they're like, we need, we're going to come back next month and we need this much concept art done and this much of a story outline done. Right. Yeah. And then like. Which makes sense. It's fair business practice. Yeah. yeah. It's and a way to control a creative endeavor, but yeah. still manage to push it towards. And then, you'll, then you'll come back and you'll be like, Cool. Now I need a little bit of a prototype. And then I need more story. And then they'll come back and be like, cool, that's done. And then if they ever come back and they're like, we said we were going to get you a prototype, but it's not exactly ready yet. EA or big corporate overlord unnamed (laughs) X will come in and say, well, why the fuck isn't it done? Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, I don't want to spend money on people that are just... Yeah, mean, meanwhile, here at 3 Eight Studios, okay. Kurt Schilling's like, hey, we're like Google. I put a picture machine in the office. Anyone want to fucking hang out and get some balls out here? Yeah. Like, you know, I so assume he knows. shows up to work every day wearing, like, like the full shirt. Yeah. Just like. Uh, so, like, uh, you know, and we ha- you have a lot of examples out there of indie studios, which. Indie studios where it's one guy in his bedroom making a game. Which is why it takes and they always, years to come they out. always turned out great, but yeah, it takes like a decade for one yeah. person to make a game. Yeah. Because you're like, you're in the middle of making a game and you're like, oh, I should have done it this way. And then you go back and rewrite all the code. And <laughs> yeah, then you're you like, gotta port it to Switch. Yeah. Like it takes so much money and time that you have to have you have to have that that idiot in the suit cracking the whip sometimes. Yeah. And especially in the case of an MMO. Because oh yeah, MMOs are all most in the case of MMOs. yeah, yeah MMOs are all about content. So you could you could sit there and make an MMO with nobody checking up on you, and it could never come out. Yeah, because the whole point of an MMO is to just make content, 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 so over that people playing it never run out of shit. To it's do. a platform, yeah, exactly. but eventually yeah. you have to just release it and deal with the people whining, being like, "I played your game for 120 hours straight, and I'm done." <laughs> yeah, what do <laughs> I do now? Oh, yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like so, get a job, you hippie. All right, so, so so you need to rein those people in. Yeah, no, totally. So let's talk about uh, let's talk a little bit about Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, uh, otherwise known as the EA requested scaled down version of Copernicus. Yeah. Um, since, as Austin said, funding online RPGs uh, can be notoriously hard. Um, I actually, other than the demo, I actually did not play this game, so I don't. I don't know. What, I know it's been a few years, but what your memory? You you were mentioning this game. Felt like a single player MMO. Yeah, um, and I, well, shit. When did this come out again? You said 2012? Yeah, it, it, it. I believe it did come out in twenty twelve. I was about to be like, I was a kid. No, I was a well functioning drunk adult by then. <laughs> yeah. um, my my yeah. my recollection of it is because we talked about Dragon Age. Yeah. Uh, 
The right? lore, like when I'm looking through like the lore and the names, like the the Feylands and all that yeah. shit, it just kind of reminds me of a Dragon Age. Like, yeah, like they Dragon went Age, all out in lore. Dragon Age oh, Two yeah, for sure. came out and was like, we made an action RPG. Yeah, and then everybody hated it. Yeah, and then <laughs> I remember Kingdoms of Amalur coming out and people being like, "This is what Dragon Age Two should have been. been." Yeah, it was like it was like Fable mashed up with a Dragon Age. Yeah, game. that's actually a good thing. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to think of another game that felt like Fable. Definitely felt, the good. combat yeah. felt a lot. Combat like, definitely felt like Fable, kind of like Dark Souls Two, maybe. Yeah, I, I mentioned the Dark Souls thing because you had a roll and a parry, I believe, and that yeah. kind of felt a little bit Dark Soulsy, like the way you could parry. But enemies weren't like. It, it wasn't like a uh, like an animations game like Dark Souls, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. You, where you once you did something, you're locked into that fucking frame until no, it was, it was good. It was or very not. much like Dragon Age, <laughs> yeah, exactly. where you like yeah. you just like did damage and numbers popped out of people. Okay, make those so that, so it's higher. funny like the way this got revealed and like like there was a lot of actually talk about this game from the start. So they announced it at uh, the 2010 San Diego Comic Con, and. Like I like I believe they sh- they they showed it off publicly there, and you had Todd McFarlane heading the art, Kirk Hope doing the music, Ari Salvador. I mentioned like you were talking about the lore. He he created Precisely. over ten thousand years of backstory. Well, think about it. He's been writing since fucking Kurt Schilling was having Thanksgiving dinner and yeah, thought about the idea. Like, you know oh, what I mean? Five. So. And and so Kurt himself was going around saying that the game was meant to be a marriage of the action of God of War mm-hmm. and the world building and narrative of Oblivion, yeah. which I don't know how like. So two games that ended heard up being of. in the end. Two point. games you've heard of. Okay. Yeah, pretty. I don't know, pretty on point. Actually. Okay, yeah. I didn't know. If, I didn't know if the combat was that arcadey. Yeah, maybe he does. Not really, oh, it's for, yeah, maybe he does know about video games. Maybe I'm looking he, at he them name dropped two of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys so, ever heard of Halo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so people were paying attention. Like when, after this got revealed, yeah. uh, except me, because <laughs> I mentioned earlier that my only real impressions game came from a demo, yeah. and the demo came out. Um, like less than a month before the game went gold, and the demo Kurt himself famously hated because huh. they thought that they it like they released the demo too early and it was super buggy, and like he, he was like this never should have come out. Which the, once again, as the owner of the company, maybe you should have tried the demo before you released it. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> So you, know, he, you know, sometimes he's got to hit one out there into the outfield and just trust that it'll be a home run. Yeah. And they're like, that's not how games work. <laughs> no, you have a bunch of these engineers just like looking down and just like, eh. yeah, sure. They so they like like a lot of game development. Like they there was a few weeks of like some serious crunching that yeah. went down to like basically fix it and and everything. So the the game officially released on uh, February seventh. Uh, of 2012 and it, it came out uh, on 360 uh, PS3 and then Origin on the window like I think it was exclusive to the Origin store on nice. Windows yeah, I, yeah uh, that was after on, that was after 360, so. so did I did Origin after Origin came out with Battlefield 3 I think yes right? that was like the that, maybe that was the first game that you exclusively needed to play that was after the whole we're not doing Steam anymore yes. thing which yeah. Battlefield 3 on PC was a nightmare with the the you play it was by a browser Interesting. Yeah, it was it was called Battle Log, and it was okay, like a, yeah. it was like a Facebook. Well, Battle Log is what they renamed the, uh, the oh, really? Xbox app or whatever oh, app fucking. they run through. I, all the games like through. at the time, people thought that was going to be cool, and it was it was it was it, it looked like Facebook. 
It was like a battlefield Facebook, and you could like oorah people's statuses no, rather than no. like them. It no, was this an, is so painful. It's so bad. It, it's amazing. Um, How are you feeling? Oorah, <laughs> <laughs> engineer, kills um, tank. But they they made an event out of the launch of this thing back when that was like a thing. Like I like it's game like games when they launch now like they're more meant to be platforms they don't launch like events anymore yeah. the last time I could think of a game that came out that was like a launch event was like maybe GTA 5 but like you think in the era where like games like Halo 3 and stuff like that like the world would stop and like kids would fucking yeah. fake being sick like from school to play games oh I dropped I, I, yeah. I borderline dropped out of school yeah yeah it's, it, was, it was like they made a big deal um, but they had this whole like streaming event right and and it was like I think it was like hosted by Day9 and uh, Felicia Day was doing interviews with like the crew and stuff like that. And other than the online pass thing, which was like total bullshit, but that was like that's EA's thing. That wasn't like 38 Studios thing. They uh, oh, wait, EA. Like, you're telling me EA yeah, put their fingers in yeah, something? Yeah, no. it, it was weird. Uh, which they, I think they, uh, it took maybe a, a maybe a year or two for them to like get rid of that stuff completely. But <laughs> out of the gate, this game started reviewing really well. Like. Um, IGN gave the game a nine. It got eights from Game Informer. Um, like Giant Bomb gave it a four out of five. And and there was a couple perfect scores. There was some middling ones, but over, overall, it was like a really promising debut. Like people were paying attention to the studio now. And definitely not bad for a game that was meant to. That the whole pur- purpose of this game was to fund the real one. Fund the real one. Yeah. yeah. Like it's and like, honestly, <laughs> I, I would tend to agree with that. Like I don't remember like a whole lot. I know I played it for several, several hours. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I don't have a sour memory about it. I remember enjoying it. Um, yeah. we talked I remember people of, liking the customization. I, I liked that yes, game a whole the, lot. The customization was yeah. awesome. The combat was fun. I liked the idea that, like we were talking earlier, like you had the fate system. You could respec your character. Like yeah. if you were like, fuck, I didn't want to be a rogue. You could like totally like pay to respec all your skills. And now you're a mage, <laughs> you know, or now you're like fighter bound. So or, here's, know, here's, the, here's the bummer though. So within the first month, it was projected by the MPD that the game sold about uh, three hundred and thirty thousand copies, physical copies. All right, so uh, do some math. Is that seventy-five million? Are they breaking even? <laughs> it is not. Uh, current later tweeted. I think this was like maybe within the um, the first ninety days that it sold uh, one point two million. Okay, which isn't awful. I, I think like lifetime sales. They said it was around one and a half million, but. Obviously, that was not the number Just that short of the, the governor was looking for. Yeah. Which they had a new governor at this point. It was a dude named Lincoln Chaffee, and he called the game a total failure. Yeah, like what? he came uh, in. Is it because he looked at it as an objective financial investment? Well, I'm sure he came in. Of, uh, he came into being governor. He's like, "What the fuck is this that <laughs> like, was in place?" Okay, like, so to put this into perspective, uh, I yeah. got some numbers here. Okay. So for a new IP, 1.5 million lifetimes, not that bad. As, no, yeah. Let's go. By the way, t- hold on. The one thing I will say is that the game apparently needed to sell 3 million to break Okay, even. that's important. Okay. Yeah. Top. Yeah. Okay, so these are some older games, but uh, we're looking at the top new IP sales figures. Okay. I'm curious. Um, so let's go through. Saints Row 1. Sold two million copies. That's pretty well, yeah, because that came out around, that came out within the launch year of the 360. Yeah, which is uh, I think Dead Rising was around the same. Uh, some other big name games: Devil May Cry, two point one million; Bioshock, two point two million. Yeah, Bioshock. 
Uh, Animal Crossing, two point three million. God the, of War, two point three million. Yeah. Or these are these are the first entry of every okay. series. Yeah. Perfect Dark, two point five million. Yep. Ratchet and Clank, two point five million. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, two point five million. Fucking a. Uh, Resident Evil, two point seven five million. Fable, three million. Oh. Nice. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, four million. <laughs> Star Fox, four million. These are so the first. So, yeah. these are fir- so this game is kind of hanging. Yeah. There. He- Gears of War. 4.7 million, Halo 5 million, yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed 5 million. I'm that's naming up, a bunch that's of up there, but yeah. I know. I'm naming the biggest franchises in gaming yeah, that yeah. are now worth over a billion dollars. This and game could have been there. Like, but yeah. it's like Chris was saying, this is not. He's like, wait a minute, you're telling me I didn't make my $75 million back? And it's like, well, that's not exactly how it you works. You told me yeah. if I gave you $75 million, <laughs> you would give me a game that would make us $100 million. So 75 million yeah. copies. In no time, we'll be back yeah. to a billion dollars. So, Next thing you know, Rhode Island is, uh, we got a spaceport and we're making money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's got a spaceport. <laughs> like, you got to look at it as an investment. So yeah. they now had people interested in this lore. And if that MMO had ever come out, that could have been, yeah, something. Well, here's yeah. the thing: this it's game was like getting they created a creative property. Well, here's instead the thing: of a billion right. dollar this tech game was getting supported by DLC still. Like, despite yeah. the the sales coming out or whatever, like they they published quite like a bit of uh, of downloadable content for this thing. And meanwhile, like development was still a go on Copernicus. Yeah. So like they like the game that they were originally supposed to make a game the that whole they were supposed to make in the this beginning. story started to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so unhappy with the sales of the game, obviously, the state of Rhode Island, which, which at this point already being like super strained by finances, uh became like That's what you get when you divert all your clam <laughs> clam farming money to a tech company. <laughs> they became Concern obviously over uh, 38 Studios finances, and the company defaulted on a uh, 1.125 million dollar loan payment, which basically <sighs> meaning that they had they sent a check that bounced um, <laughs> to, the insu- yeah, to the state of Rhode Island with insufficient funds. Uh, so Keith Stokes, he was yeah, the, so the this, executive director of Rhode Island EDC. <laughs> he he resigned yeah, like right after that. Yeah, he's just like. Yeah, he did the equivalent of going to Wawa and he was trying to buy a sandwich and he swiped his card and it was like declined. He's like, all right, I'm gonna leave. Yeah, the sandwich is made. <laughs> yeah, he, he walked. walked he walked out. The 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 second payment um, by the studio was attempted. Uh, like this was 17 days past the initial due date, and this is like form- a month later, or I don't know who knows how. So long this was in the form of a wild chancer and a personal check, who was from an unnamed source. I have not been able to find who signed the check, and and which is hilarious. The payment was successful, okay, but this was because the 38 Studios cut payroll. Like all these dudes that are still working on Copernicus and DLC for Kings of Amalur, just suddenly weren't paid. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I'm assuming uh, whoever's in charge or whoever wants somebody somebody took a bold move right now and signed a, their name on a check that they took money from the employees' fucking payments and then just wrote that check. We're like, we and gotta the employees pay it. didn't find okay. out until now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So little little insight into uh, this is from a Kotaku article I found on the subject. It is. An account from an anonymous employee of the timeline of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so you said that payment bounced. The first payment was when? Do you know? Uh, it said <clears throat> the second payment was made May 18th, which was 17 days past the initial due. So, okay. So it was so the beginning of that month. It was employees, May 1st. employees were. Of 2012. 
employees were paid on April 30th okay. of 2012. Okay. Uh, employees of both Big Huge Games and 38. Uh, so, as paychecks go every two weeks, May 15th came around, nobody got paid. <laughs> uh, uh, Not even my boy Kirk. May 18th rolled around. That payment was made to the state of Rhode Island, and the check cleared. And it cleared. Mis- mysteriously. Yeah. Um, uh, on the 20th, uh, some, some people were hearing some things about medical insurance not exactly working. <laughs> uh, on May 22nd, Fuck. Uh, an employee's pregnant wife was rushed to the hospital. And her insurance was declined. Yes, oh what a way to find God. out that some company you work for used your fucking insurance money to pay for a oh. check that they couldn't clear. All the while, like, <laughs> all the while this is going on, employees are obviously walking around the office being like, yo, what the fuck's happened? Did you get paid? And they're like, no, <laughs> no I didn't get paid. I guess My wife got turned out at the fucking hospital. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? All, 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 the, all the fucking executives are not answering emails, not answering hey, calls. Uh, Donnie, their- what's the deal? Shilling won't answer me. Uh, sometimes you, stri- you strike out sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stop with the baseball references. <laughs> so, and uh, I'll let you get to the closure, but none of the employees found out that they were in any trouble or out of a job officially until an email was sent to employees about the closure of the company. So, and they were laid off man. effective that fucking day. So, wait, That's you're amazing. Yeah, so, the company just closed. After they couldn't make this pay- payment, then they made a payment, and then the next thing they know is... They made a payment, Yeah, the employees kept working, and they kept making them work, yeah. and telling them that their paychecks were going to come, and then they just closed the whole company and didn't give them a paycheck, cut off their insurance, gave them no notice to find new jobs... And they never paid them for the month of May. For the month of May. And a bunch of yeah. these employees relocated. Yeah. Also, job. one of them had a fucking child yeah. and required that to be fu- also, kept alive. Ima- well, imagine if you find out that the mortgage on your house wasn't getting paid. Bold yeah. statement, yeah. Kurt Schilling killed a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... I'm sure there were a lot of people who had a bunch of mortgage troubles too because of the company. Yes, yeah. mortgage troubles. A baby did not get its proper medical care <laughs> yeah. because a fucking baseball I'm sure they player delivered the baby. Make an and then like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? Listen, he liked World of Warcraft. Was- yeah, I wish I liked World of Warcraft enough <laughs> to kill much? a baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. What about to make a bunch of people homeless? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the um, WPRI News uh, reported that both the CEO and the senior vice president of production development had jumped ship and left the company. Duh, because when you got a bunch of money and you don't have a new baby to raise, yeah, but you can just well, fucking the split. Crazy thing. They bounced in March. So like and they, <laughs> it's months before yeah, all it was this months happened. before. So like employees didn't know that the CEO fucking left. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, picture also, that. Yeah, and I this wanna, is this mind you, this is all a month after Kingdom of Amalur yeah. came. I want to yeah. point out like, here too that. When we were talking about MMO budgets earlier, WoW was in development for a very long time, as was games like Destiny and the the Old Republic. And so that $200 million that the Old Republic cost was spent over a course of probably like six years. I don't know how long it was in development. Not even five? That that $75 million loan by the state of Rhode Island was signed in July of 2010. And the yeah. studio two shut down yeah. in May years. of 2012. So it was a, yeah. they spent $75 million 
in a and probably more. They probably had other money spent in the company, well, not as just we're that gonna loan. Find out, Kurt Schilling ended up using a lot of his own money yeah. as well. So. Yeah, so, so they, that's, they that, probably that spent hundred really million dollars in less than two fucking years. Yeah. yeah. Well, nobody was checking up on this company. Yeah. They were just they were like just spending money. money. I mean, how, what does everybody's desk need a baseball signed by Kurt Schilling? <laughs> no, and I'm sure they all had it. That's a good retirement. It's all held up with bats. So like in so why is my desk got bats for legs? Oh, we spent. $75 million on the pitching machine earlier that we put in the studio. Sorry. I imagine that's what the coffee maker looks like. Uh, so, officially on May 24th of 2012, 38 studios officially declared bankruptcy. Um, seizing all operations, laying off his entire staff, like Austin said, through that email. And soon and after... And just stranded in Rhode Island, yeah, and there's so barely any clams already this because the unemployment rate was super low. This statement comes out, and soon after, the Rhode Island State Police, uh, the Attorney General's Office, and the U.S. Attorney's uh, like Office, and the FBI all... Launch an investigation into the company. <laughs> yeah, right. Like all, like like this is like all. Like mind you, this game has been out for a month, and it's still on store shelves. Like you know, like and uh, I want to, like, I want to, I want to point out a little story I found too online. So we were wrong. Kingdom's Armor was on Steam. Okay, was it really? Yes. Okay. This article is. Did it come out on Steam later? Uh, maybe. Okay. This article is written. June 5th of 2013, so okay. about a year after all this shit went down. Right. Uh, Rhode Island net about a million dollars in sales since acquiring the Amalor IP through legal means. <laughs> so less, Wait, less really? than a year after Rhode Island investigated and sued the shit out of 38 yes, yeah. and got the IP for Kingdom of Amalor, they're still paying off this debt, but they're using it through your Steam sales and <laughs> of Kingdoms oh, of Amalur. That's so good. I assume that game is still for sale. On so oh, as, yeah, as sure. of July, it says they, they acquired about $750,000 in sales just through Steam. Yeah. Of I mean, Kingdoms the of word Amalur. of mouth was that this game was good. Like, it was, yeah. Honestly, I would tell it's you it was just, good. Yeah, so it was like, at this moment, though, the developer was, they were $153 million in debt. Yeah, and also I just want to point out this. You, they say that the FBI was investigating, and that sounds pretty intense. Yeah, but trust me, it was literally one guy who like fucked like up a case, sent over and there. it's like your job. Uh, somebody just there's seventy five million dollars <laughs> getting fucked around with. Just take a look. You know what I mean? So like who got stuck with that job? Yeah, exactly. Because the rest of everybody else, but is, regardless, everybody else is investigating aliens. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> so Schilling himself did not publicly address the debacle and failure of the studio until he had an appearance on a Boston radio station, uh, W E I. And he revealed that he never took a salary, which later turned out to not be true. He was making eighty six thousand a year, which for like Starting a game company is maybe not the biggest thing ever, but like I don't know why you, he would lie you, about that. You, first of all, it's nice. Okay. Oh, sorry. You were making eighty six thousand dollars a year after after you made bank playing baseball for the last twenty. <laughs> and I don't know what he did at like as a position. I'll tell you what he did. He walked among the computers <laughs> of the programmers and made fucking. Like, hey, you making this game? <laughs> oh, hey, let's make sure uh, I can play it. Like that's the whole reason he made it in yeah. the first place was the fact <laughs> that he wanted to play a fucking MMO that he created. Yeah, you know? uh, it w it was definitely like an ego thing. So he he lost um, his entire personal fortune of about fifty million, which came from his retirement uh, in the MLB. 
Uh, and he went on this radio station saying that he was tapped out. He put everything in his name into the company. This is his words. Um, and he said he was not asking for sympathy. He said, this was my choice. And then shortly after, he sold a bunch of his, like, um, like his personal belongings that were, like, apparently held a lot of, like, weird value in the baseball community, including this trademark bloody sock. He sold his bloody he sock. He sold his bloody sock, uh, which I don't... I, there were some investigations around the sock that I thought that were funny, but I don't know much about the sock itself. Well, the idea is that he was pitching a game, I, I think it was in the World Series. I'm, I, I, believe I think it, it was. was, yeah. And uh, he had a fucked up tendon. So basically, the team doctor... <laughs> Like rudimentarily, like sewed his tendon back in, <laughs> like like it'll work, it'll work, just do it. <laughs> Apparently, he tested the procedure on a cadaver because it was some like epically barbaric. That sounds kind of. I mean, it sounds ballsy. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it does. Like it, it was some shit that they would do on a battlefield in fucking Game of Thrones. Like he literally <laughs> like sewed his tendon back in and then like put him on the field to pitch the game and. He pitched the whole game and he did good. He came Fuck. out swinging and Boston ended up going through. And this was a this was like a well, baseball pe- artifact. Oh, I yeah, don't know absolutely. how much he sold it for, but it was because apparently it the blood was from the stitches rubbing against his tendon, so it bled. Oh, okay. So it came through the back of his sock. So his sock was just like covered in blood, <laughs> which was weird. And like people were out there people, seeing, like, is this well, guy all right? Like, people thought he faked like, it. Like I yeah. think like there was investigation when he sold the sock that people were like, is this fake blood? And it yeah. wasn't, but like, it was real blood. But um, here's like, I mean, if he wasn't such a cock about so much like social and political issues, then you'd probably feel really. To. I know yeah. you'd probably feel really bad for him. Like he, like he generally was a fan of games and wanted to start a game company. It's just like he he was kind of an asshole. Like like this dude was going around constantly spouting against gay marriage and stuff like that. Like you know, yeah. like and which would. Kind of goes against uh, like EA's even like ideologies, but he um at this point all these lawsuits were in like full force. Yeah, he, yeah. Everybody was trying to get their money back. Yeah, everybody wanted their money, <laughs> and and it makes perfect sense. Like at this point, the EDC, which they were now called the Rhode Island's Commerce Corporation, at this point they engaged with a law firm, which I love the name. of this Oh, you law mean firm. they restructured? I wonder why. Is it yeah. because they gave seventy five <laughs> million dollars to a fucking baseball so get player? It, get it. This law firm is named Wistow Sheehan and Lovely. Wow, that's amazing. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that name is incredible. They, hey, we all got uh, different names. <laughs> Let's uh, make a law firm. It'll sound so great. they they came in to file suit against Schilling, Stokes, and a bunch of the financial backers and advisors of Thirty Eight Studios. Yeah, um, yeah, didn't Rhode Island sue? Uh, what is it? Not Wachovia or some big bank? I think it was Wells Fargo. Fargo. Wells Fargo. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was a W. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came in and sued them because Wells Fargo was also just like. Whatever, you're rich. Do we yeah, want... Yeah, nobody investigated Also, by the way, everybody's Italian, apparently. In the state of Rhode Island. <laughs> so, like, so this is in November of 2012. So this is the same year this this game hasn't even been out for a full year. At this point, I think the DLC has stopped, but I, I that DLC went on for, like, longer than you think it would be. But, so, it this was, like, two years of investigating. In May of 2014... Uh, or I guess it's like a year and a half. The the WPRI reports that the studio execs knew that the money that they accepted from the state would have never been enough to finish Copernicus to help pay back the loan. Yeah, which of fucking not. obviously, yeah, like which, it's like which it's, anybody yeah. with a sane fucking mind could tell you. Yeah, from the beginning. Yeah, from there's the, no way you're making two games on seventy five million dollars to begin never. with. Never. Yeah, seventy five million dollars is barely enough to start the studio. 
Yeah. yeah. Without making it. Yeah. And Kingdoms exactly. of Amalur was like, had production value. Yeah. Like that it game, did. that was not a small game by any means, despite the fact that it was a scaled down version of an MMO. Yeah. Like a month later, this is in June of 2014, this state's economic development agency settled for $4.4 million, And then there was another settlement a couple months later, or no, this is a, a little over a year later in August of 2015 for $12.5 Wells Fargo and Barclays Capital. Another year later, settled for twenty five and a half million, and then Kurt himself, along with uh, the former CEO Jen McLean and a couple others that were, I guess, like higher ups of that company, yeah. settled for around two point five million, and that's in their personal damages. That's, that's where that bloody stock money went. Yeah, and this is, that. and then finally, Hilltop Securities Inc. Uh, this is this ended last February. This is February of twenty seventeen, settled for sixteen million. And at this point, the the totally is around sixty one million in damages, despite the fact that the state police could not come up with enough sufficient evidence to properly file like real criminal charges against thirty eight because none of it was done in bad faith. They were just dumb. Yeah, like, well, it's like yeah, they weren't they weren't criminals. They were just idiots. Yeah, yeah. and they still ended up losing fourteen million dollars in the whole fucking endeavor. Yeah. To period, yeah. regardless of what they made back, and that's taxpayer money. Yeah, like so. Like during this time, the SEC got word that the WPRI reported and charged both the the Rhode Island Commerce Corporation and Wells Fargo with securities fraud. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely deserved. Specifically noting that the two companies were completely fucking aware that the seventy five million dollar loan, like you guys have been saying, was not enough to make two yes, games, it let would alone take, one MMO. It would take one guy and one computer to <laughs> figure out that that wasn't enough to make that game twenty fucking minutes. Yet yeah. nobody knew for five and years. And this is people who don't know jack dick about yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, exactly. People with no idea about a game, but uh, they failed to notify any bond investors of the risk, which is like where all the exact, which is where all the this stuff came in. So because this. This, led this is to, all fast talking, smooth fucking yeah, rich guys like, yeah. hey, we're gonna make Microsoft money. Are you ready? Yeah, Bill like, Gates rich. Yeah. They, this, so this led to a civil penalty by settlement, uh, along with some a couple other additional fines that really close things out amongst all the finger pointing. Because at this point, this was like, if you, they, you were to to talk to any of these higher ups, they were just constantly being like, I just got a p- I can't. Yeah. like they like nobody really knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, so here, so like this is this is kind of be our closer here. But the, so like, to, where does this leave uh, our massive Kingdoms of Amalar universe? Yeah. Um, according to a report by Bloomberg, uh, the state at one point at, uh, attempted to sell all remaining assets in order to provide the proceeds to the remaining balance on the loan. Yeah. Um, well, of course, of course. Exactly. And and apparently both parties claimed that they needed to take action Im- immediately because, quote, if the trustee appointed to dismantle the game maker received permission to abandon computer equipment, all and subsidiary, all of the intellectual property could be irretrievably lost. The property alone was said to, to make up the vast majority of 38 studios' value at this point. Yeah. Because um, the only thing they ever did besides fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. IGN at one point reported that uh, that take two of you know of yeah. GTA actually showed interest uh, in like their public like they showed interest in buying the rights to the property. Yeah. But that never happened. And so a sequel was never made. And Rhode Island remained in control of all of 38 assets and games, including Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning and the never-seen release Copernicus. Which they still own, and as Austin pointed out earlier, still are still making money off of every time you buy it on Steam. 
Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like I didn't think about that until you mentioned it. Like that, that game is still actively for sale. Because unlike the Epic Games controversy with Dennis Dyack, like money those games off of Kings of Hamalore and Rhode Island, if you buy it on so Steam right go now, go buy it now on your 360. Yeah, I'm trying to load my Steam, which of course needs an update every time it. Uh, I, how much does that game cost now? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to look it up. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks on yeah, Steam. Yeah. So buy it right now and give the state of Rhode Island uh, twenty dollars <laughs> to so, put towards the so uh, <laughs> little timeline. Uh, I'm trying to piece this together, but from what I can tell, it it, it amounted to about a hundred and fifty million dollars total. Okay, that was that everybody was on the hook for, <laughs> mostly the state of Rhode Island. Um, as of that story I told you about in 2013, <clears throat> when they were still making money off the game and on Steam. Yeah, yeah. The loan had been cut down to about a hundred, a little over a hundred million dollars in debt um, through selling off uh, computers and office furniture, <laughs> uh, which raised wow. them about five hundred thousand dollars. Is that worth as much as Kurt Cope's music or Ari Salvador's writing or nope. Todd McFarlane's art? <laughs> yeah, of uh, course not. <laughs> so, and then I have an Ars Technica story. From 2016, when all those lawsuits you were talking about went through, right? Yeah. So, which cut their loan down to about for 75 years. million dollars. But this last reported that the state of Rhode Island still owes about 75 million, which was the original loan, <laughs> and the Rhode Island taxpayers are on the hook for about 28.2 million of that. Jeez. Oh my God! So. Basically, just to sum it up, the baseball player, Kurt Schilling, which, might I add, ended up fucking doing radio politics on some uh, Saturday morning <laughs> bullshit show, and now writes for fucking Breitbart. Breitbart yeah, okay? I did not know until you told me, and yeah, I was just exactly. like, wow. He, jo- he fucking writes for Breitbart. Oh, are you surprised that a long-jawed white dude who used to play sports writes for fucking Breitbart now? The point is, this guy... Decided to make a game, and now the citizens of Rhode Island are $28 million on the hook on their taxes. You tell me every clam. How much does a clam cost? Uh, let's say a clam is $1. Single clam. They have to pay a small percentage of every clam they pull out of the water and give it to Kurt Schilling. Or, or no, sorry. So give this, it to Rhode Island so because of Kurt this, Schilling. So obviously he comes off in the story as just completely an arrogant and over-exuberant entrepreneur. Yeah. A, a completely possessed of, of grand illusions, of something he does not understand. Yeah. And the political establishment of Rhode Island forever learned that maybe it's not a good idea for taxpayers to capitalize a gaming company that's never actually produced a video game before. Yeah. Because as far as I know, and we were talking about this a little before we started, is like, I don't think that this has ever happened again. It's law. It's like I said, way. people give tax breaks. Yeah. So yeah. You, get the, you get rich investors to build the company, and then once the company's built... You charge them less in taxes so that they can do what they do better. Yeah. And then they can bring in talent and eventually their taxes get larger. And even with the breaks, you make money off of them and you make money off taxes yeah. for the employees and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you don't you don't fund the game they're making. <laughs> yeah, he opposes. Uh, I think the saddest state of affairs of this whole thing is that it's like it's they actually ended up making a good game out of it. Like, yeah, yeah, if yeah, Kingdoms yeah, yeah. of Avalar was bad, then it would have just been like, man, fuck Who cares? these wankers. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but... Yeah, God, I was looking at... Kurt Schilling also has a great ALS uh, organization. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame he couldn't do an ice bucket challenge for <laughs> funding Copernicus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How many, how many buckets of ice does it take to fund a 
MMO of that size. More than $75 million, I tell you that much. <laughs> well, I, all right, is that it? I think that's it. Did it? Yeah, oh, that yeah. is that is that story. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's a fucking story, guys. Hell yeah. Yeah, so the the, the at this point the book is closed on uh and our boy Kurt and his uh his weird company. And that, the state of Rhode Island is still less than fifty percent or more than fifty percent of the way or no less than, back. less than fifty percent of so the way. So everybody go off their buy mistake. your copies of Kings of Amalur now and help pay back the loan. And then at that point, maybe they'll look into uh, funding some more video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thanks. Thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back again with another weird topic and yeah, for find sure. Fun. Um, I'll leave out following mm-hmm. us on anything until we get another episode down. But yeah. If you're that interested in the first episode of a show, which you're probably going back to listen to after listening to the most <laughs> recent, I guess you can follow us on all that Twitter. Yeah. yeah, on Twitter, what, what did I make it? A uh, hot button cast? Yeah, hot button cast. Because a uh, <laughs> hot good. button podcast or hot button pod is already taken by a radio show in Washington State, which hasn't been Fuck them. around since 2015 mm. or anything. Like, yeah. are they funded by the state? It was from the <laughs> school. It was from the school, and it was just it was awful. I, it sounds like I some shady. Shit yeah, to we me. definitely have more uh, claim over here than they ever will. <laughs> I'm tr- I'll drive over there. Yeah. So yeah, follow us on there on uh, Hot Button Cast, and you Fuck guys yeah. have Twitter. You, you want a promo? I don't know if you're interested. I'm yeah. Chris I something. You can follow me. <laughs> I make a. You can't jokes spell it. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. All right. Take care. Hey guys, Randall here. Just a quick little note. Uh, First of all, we just want to thank you guys so much again for listening to our first episode. Uh, It really does mean a lot to us. Please uh, let us know how we did. Uh, I love feedback on this kind of stuff. Um, Now secondly, I do want to address the recent changes regarding Amalar. Uh, See, when we recorded this pilot, it certainly seemed like it was safe to say that it was uh, kind of the end of the road for 38 Studios and its whole fantasy franchise. Or at least uh, it was until apparently as of September 6, 2018, news was officially put out that one THQ Nordic, not to be confused with former video game publisher THQ, uh, you know, just to make this entire thing even more fucking confusing, had acquired the Kings of MLR IP, including the abandoned Copernicus MMO project from 38 Studios. Now, while there's no official info at the time of this reading on what they actually plan to do with it, I can confirm that the $900,000 deal has been finalized, uh, brokered from a company in Vienna, which is just crazy. Uh, And the one other tricky thing I also want to say is that, according to many sources, it was reported that original publisher of MLR, Electronic Arts, does still retain the rights to the property, uh, with the purchaser, THQ Nordic, officially stating, At this stage, we only acquired the intellectual property, said a representative. Given our track record, we know what the burning questions are. Uh, Remaster, remake, port to next generation systems, etc. Uh, But we decided not to answer those specifically as we tend to put our heads together first and do our homework and we can only start to talk about everything once we feel confident and very familiar with the franchise. Now the company THQ Nordic, formerly known as just Nordic Games before later being rebranded with the THQ name in front of it after their own bankruptcy years prior, has been fairly prolific in publicly buying some pretty cut-loose IPs and trademarks. Dead Island, Metro, recently Time Splitters, Saints Row, Homefront, Red Faction, Darksiders, all now theirs. Um, the list goes on and on. What's especially funny too is that the last four properties that I named there were all initially under the original THQ's banner as well. 
so yeah, the story kind of took on a new ending of its own uh, afterwards. Um, and right after we wrapped up our whole investigation, too. Still not exactly sure what conversations had to happen for them to even get everything away from the state of Rhode Island itself. I mean, as if they even wanted it anymore. Uh, or hell, they could still be connected to it in some way. We may never know. But all we do know now is that the Kingdoms franchise may not be totally dead after all. Which is, I guess, what Kurt would have wanted, right? Um... So yes, I think that's where uh, our engagement with the story ends, as any follow-up after this is just the games industry being the game industry. But, uh, you know, I only start paying attention once the FBI gets involved. But thanks again, everyone. Uh, if anything like this happens again before an episode airs, we'll do our best to try and fix it. I mean, we're only human... <laughs> After all, but all jokes aside, I really do want the investigative journalism on the show to mean something. Staying true to the topic is kind of part of the job. Uh, now I know how Robert Graysmith must have felt once new evidence came out in the Zodiac case after he published his book. But um, I think that's it for today. So, uh, all right, uh, go live your days. 